You'll do it right to celebrate July 4th by throwing a backyard barbecue. Lowe's does it right, too, with July 4th savings to help get you started. Treat yourself to a new grill and save $50 on a Charbroil Performance 5-Burner Grill, now just $279. And spruce up your landscape before guests arrive and save in-store only with five bags of premium mulch for just $10. Whatever you need to get ready for the holiday, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 710 while supplies last U.S. only. Mulch offer excludes Alaska and Hawaii. They've got a license to talk. Shocking. Positively shocking. And the words are for your ears only. I think you got the point. Welcome to The Words Are Not Enough. On episode 23 of The Words Are Not Enough, Brody dives into all the major announcements from Bond 25's Jamaican press event and sits down with the playlist's editor-in-chief, Rodrigo Perez, to discuss exclusive details regarding Christoph Waltz's involvement in the project. All this and more, coming your way now. Yeah, baby! (laughs) Hello and welcome to another episode of The Words Are Not Enough. I'm your host, Brody005 Cerevelli, and unfortunately today I'm not joined by my co-host, Griffin. He is actually on assignment at a wedding, so uh, you're going to have to put up with me. And a special guest we have today, uh, Rodrigo Perez from The Playlist. Rodrigo is actually here to share some pretty cool Bond 25 information. And if you follow his Twitter account, then you may or may not know what this is regarding. But before we jump into that, we're actually going to go back over the press conference and just sort of recap it in case any of you missed it or just need a refresher from yesterday. It was a pretty long day uh, for a lot of people getting up early, or maybe that was just me. But in any case, let's get stuck into it. So the first and probably most interesting part of this press release didn't actually come in the live event. It was in the form of a press release and more specifically in the form of a synopsis. And in in this synopsis, they gave us a basic rundown of what the film is going to be about. And I've got to say, it's actually pretty interesting. Um, It just sounds very different from other Bond films in the Craig era, but essentially... For Bond 25, we should be expecting the movie to start off with Bond having retired in Jamaica, off active duty, uh, presumably with Madeline, but who knows, possibly not. And this sort of reflects the end of Spectre. But then his piece is interrupted when his old pal Felix Leiter from the CIA, that's right, Felix is back, he shows up and sort of just recruits Bond into this operation to rescue a kidnapped scientist But then this mission ends up being more treacherous than they expected, and this ends up leaving Bond on the trail of a mysterious villain armed with dangerous new tech. So there's a lot to digest there, some really, really cool little tidbits. Uh, My first thought, and a lot of people mention this on Twitter, but it actually kind of sounds a lot like the video game Everything or Nothing, which is kind of funny. Uh, but that's a great game, and it kind of has that classic Bond feel to it. It almost feels a bit like a Brosnan plot, almost. Like, it has a MacGuffin, and it has Bond pursuing that MacGuffin, uh, throughout the film. Like, there's a big world-ending stake, which is something we really haven't seen in the Craig era, or in the, the, you know, in the franchise for the last couple years. Um, and I think they've gotten to a point now in the Craig era, in its, like, narrative arc, I guess, where that seems like an acceptable stake. Not that it, you mean you, uh, you could have had that in Quantum of Solace, you could have had that in Spectre, technically, but uh, it feels like there's been a gradual build-up to this moment. I, I don't know, something about this feels very exciting. It feels like they've earned it 
in a way that it may have felt a little less earned if like the second film in the Craig era just sort of said, we went from playing, you know, cards for terrorist money to now we're going to end the world. So this feels like a nice progression of that. And it also kind of feels like maybe there's more going on with this villain with Rami Malek's villain, which we'll we'll get to that in a second. But yeah, no, so I, I like the idea that there's something going on, but it's not directly tied to Bond. I think I also talked about this on Twitter with some people, which is that it's nice to see that this isn't going to be another personal vendetta for Bond. Not that I had a problem with any of the previous more personal assignments in the Craig era. I think in Casino Real Conomosolis, it was completely justified. Skyfall was personal, but not for Bond, it was personal for M, and then I did not like how they made Spectre too personal, that movie did not need to be so personal, but whatever it was, and now here we are at Bond 25, and it just sort of sounds like it's personal because Bond is getting back in the field, and that is probably going to cause some drama, maybe Madeline doesn't want him to, or you know, something like that. Yeah, he may, he may be like just sort of coming into a world that he doesn't really recognize anymore, because I mean, this is kind of true, the world has changed a lot since 2015 in our world and presumably in Bond's world because they just you know they, they took out Spectre and there was this big plot to hijack world surveillance programs so I think we're going to see a different world that Bond is stepping into and it'll have less to do with the fact that Bond is old like in Skyfall and more to do with the fact that the world has just changed so much since he's been gone. But that's exciting and so I think the drama the personal uh, motivation going on there will come from that rather than oh this villain is secretly your half brother or stepbrother or you know like any of the other sort of more personal stakes that Craig has faced so that's exciting to me because that also feels like they found a nice balance between continuing Craig's arc and also you know maybe going back to a more one-off big Bond spectacle so I'm all for it this sounds fantastic but Daniel Craig will not be the only person in this cast because in the press release and in the live stream, if you watched it, they announced the new cast for the film. And i got to say, it's a really, really good cast. Uh, I mean, Bond movies usually have pretty good casts. But we have Lea Seydoux returning as Madeline Swan. We have Ben Wishaw returning as Q. Rafe Fiennes returning as M. Naomi Harris returning as Miss Moneypenny. Rory Kinnear returning as Bill Tanner, which is kind of exciting for me personally, just because he wasn't included in any of the rumors leading up to the film. So I was a little worried that they weren't going to bring him back, which is a shame because I kind of like how involved Tanner has become in the MI6 crew, as opposed to the previous couple of eras where he was not in the films at all, or if he was, he was in a very bit part. But the final and probably the most exciting returning cast member is... Jeffrey Wright as Felix Leiter, which, thank God, I am so happy. Justice for Felix. This is fantastic news. Uh, he's probably my favorite version of Felix, uh, just above David Hedison, and now he will actually be the longest-running Felix with three films under his belt. How sad that we've only ever had a Felix last two films at the max. But this is great. This is really cool. I wanted him to return in Spectre. My thinking was that after Skyfall, you sort of established all the MI6 regulars and their relationships to Bond. And I really would have liked if in the next film they had brought Felix back and built off of the relationship they had set up in Casino Royale and Quantum of Because I think they're kind of allies through Casino Royale. And then 
by the end of Quantum of Solace, Felix decides he's going to go out on the line to defend Bond, and he's going to jeopardize his job, essentially, to allow Bond to chase down Dominic Green, and so he betrays his superior for Bond. And so I think at that point, they became really good friends, and it would have been nice to see then in Spectre them build upon that friendship and extrapolate on it. We did get a name drop in the form of Bond giving Felix's number to Lucia Schiara, but I was kind of hoping that he was going to be in the film. And so this is fantastic news. And it sounds like he's going to be a big part of the story just because based on the synopsis, he's in the synopsis. And so I, I, I don't know if they would mention him specifically unless he was going to be a big part of the film. Uh, some people are speculating that he might get attacked by sharks or something like that and end up with his uh, his iconic hook hand or something like that. I don't know, that might be a little bit of a repetition of License to Kill, but I wouldn't be opposed to seeing him, you know, with the hook hand and whatever else. And then with the next one, regardless of who he's played by, we start off with Felix with the hook hand and he's working for Pinkertons or something like that. But in any case, this is very exciting news. However, the returning cast will not be alone in this film, believe it or not. Uh, there are actually some new cast members who were announced in the form of Billy Magnuson, Lashana Lynch, who you may recognize from Captain Marvel earlier this year, David Denick, who you may recognize from Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, Dali Beneshala, I don't know him from anything, but he is a French-Algerian actor, and it's always nice to see new faces in the Bond series, and we also have Anna Diamas, who you may recognize from Blade Runner 2049, and she's just an incredible actress and one of the most beautiful people on planet earth and then of course there is mr rami malik who will be playing the bond villain and so this is a really exciting cast if i had to sort of speculate who the new characters are going to be my guess is that uh in an early report we heard that billy magnuson was going to play a cia character and that the role had been written down in age in order to sort of fit Billy Magnuson, because uh, Cary Fukunaga really wanted him to be in the movie. So my guess is that he's going to be someone working either alongside or under Felix, and he's going to be bent. That may be a little similar to what happened in Quantum of Solace with Gregory Beam, uh, which was David Harbour's character. But I don't know, I just get the feeling looking at him, maybe it's the, the, those piercing blue eyes. He just looks uh, like he's ready to snap <laughs> in some kind of way. But I could be wrong, he could just be another ally uh, in the CIA. Lashana Lynch, I think, is going to play the MI6 ally. Uh, there was another rumor from Variety that said that they were looking for a MI6 female character, and I think that's going to be Lashana Lynch. It's just because she's the English woman in the cast, which would then make Anna Diamas the accomplice character from that description, which, as we talked about in our last episode, we're not too sure if that means Bond's accomplice or... I mean, Malik's accomplice, Griffin was sort of leaning towards Malik's, and now I'm kind of inclined to believe you. I could sort of see her playing a villainess. I don't think she'll be the kept woman trope that we see in the Bond films, where the, you know, the villain has a girlfriend or a wife who is held against her will, but we just saw that in Skyfall, so I don't think they'll do that, but it's possible. Anything's possible, really. Um, David Denick, I think he's going to be playing the scientist. I could be wrong, he could be the villain, um, or like, you know, a co-villain, but... He just looks like a scientist to me. I think I'm just predisposed to that synopsis. That's the only role I could see him in right now. While Dali Balasala, I could see playing like Rami Malek's henchman or something like that. I feel like because Rami Malek's of Egyptian descent and uh, Dali Balasala is from French Algeria, 
So I can just kind of see them being part of the same crew. Like maybe their characters are from that part of the world or something like that. But we don't really have any details. And Eon, who is already famously tight-lipped, did not disclose any additional information about the characters. I guess maybe they're saving that. Just trying to keep everything as secretive as possible. Which would actually kind of tie into why someone else who was rumored to be at the press conference wasn't there. And to talk about that... I am joined by Rodrigo Perez of The Playlist, and just a quick disclaimer, Rodrigo is using the microphone on his laptop because he doesn't have another microphone to use for this call, so there may be some bumps and distortion with the audio. I've done my best to edit around it, but that's really a fact of the matter at this, unfortunately. So, Rodrigo, what can you tell us about this returning character? It's interesting that you, um, I'm going through sort of like my notes and sort of like, it's funny, like I'm not the hardcore Bond fan, but Mm -hmm. I'm kind of realizing that I know most of the plot of this movie and basically what you've said, I'm like, oh, okay. It sounds like what I was told a long time ago, it's, it's still fits and like is the basic framework of the movie. Interesting. And I say, oh, okay. So it doesn't sound like. Whatever, like that synopsis that you told me mm. is well. Obviously, it's the one that was that e- was basically given out to all press and emailed out everywhere. It's like, oh yeah, that's like kind of exactly it, you know. I, and I kind of needed to be a little bit reminded of that. But um, I guess the, the detail is, and I've been hesitant to like. I got okay. I guess the you know the reveal or whatever is that is that Christoph Waltz is coming back as. Blofeld or Obelheiser or whatever is the character. Oh, yeah. They, they called him Oberhauser, but it didn't really matter because he was Blofeld. <laughs> so I said on Twitter that he was basically, I sort of couched it a little bit because I wasn't 100% sure what they were doing in terms of the announcement. Yeah. But, you know, I've been sort of told for a long time now that Christoph Waltz is in the um, movie, and I've just been playing it very carefully because, well, you know, you want to you want to be. You want to be right with these things, right? Like I, a lot of news I get, I sit on, I sit on for months, and I work it. I work that source. I try and find other, you know, other sources because things change and things flux. It's like a, it's a moving target a little bit, right? Like Bond, we know has been up in the air and things have been shifting. And one of my concerns is like, well, is he going to, you know, make all the, the screenwriting changes? We've had a lot of different ups and downs in these things, but actually now that I'm reading sort of the stuff, I'm even more confident that. Yeah, Christoph Waltz is in this. He's definitely been in past versions of the screenplay. Mm-hmm. Uh, based on what you've just read, and, and I've sort of gone back through notes and some stuff that I have, I'm feeling very confident that he is in the movie. I don't think they announced him today because I'm assuming they want to keep it a surprise. I don't 100% know for sure. For all I know, he didn't want to do it. Uh, that could be just speculative. Um, he sort of made some, like, someone asked him if he was coming back, and he didn't so much say he didn't want to, he just said he wasn't in the next film, which could just be him, I mean, he said that about Spectre too, he wasn't Blofeld, so. <laughs> right, right. I mean, that's the other thing, they could be totally, um, you know, cagey, because the Blofeld thing kind of, like, blew up in their faces. Yeah. You know, he said he wasn't, you know, there was a lot of stuff, and then it turned out it was him, and everyone was like, you know, oh, you lied, and all this, and it was kind of a bad look for them, so maybe it's just better to just sort of keep him out, you know, period, and then he appears in it or whatever, like, as, as a surprise or something. It's, it's speculative in some way that is sort of, I don't know if it's handoff to Rami Malek, but it 
seems to me that there's some sort of connection between the two of them. Right, that would make a lot of sense, just considering they seem to be building up Rami Malek as the main villain, and if you did have Blofeld in the film, it would be difficult to have Blofeld not overshadow whoever else the villain was, unless it was in a smaller capacity. So I'm guessing he's in the film, but he's not a major presence. I mean, without getting into too many spoilery details. I kind of know the capacity of, of his role and what it is, but I don't really want to say it too much because... Fair enough, um, yeah. I mean, I don't want to know if it's a spoiler, yeah. Yeah, I think I think it would be spoilery for you and for audiences, and I don't want to like ruin that. But I think it's just fair to say that, that there is a connection between him and the Leia Sadeh character. Uh, it seems to be that there is a connection between him and the Rami Malek character. And obviously he already has baggage with Bond. You know, he's not the main villain of this movie. But it sounds like he's uh, – originally when I thought, okay, he's in it, and I heard the sort of story of like what's going to happen, I thought, okay, so he's like, you know, uh, maybe like 15% of the movie or something like that. Uh-huh. But I think – uh, I think it's more. I don't think it's a massive amount, but I don't think it's a totally small amount either. Maybe I hesitate to speculate how much, but I think he will be – when I first heard it, well, I kind of assumed that he would just be at the beginning and then sort of go away, and I don't think that's the case. Interesting. Okay. I will say that Leia Sadu's character it, it sounds like she's going to have some close proximity, I guess. That's interesting. That sounds like a Silence of the Lambs kind of thing. That's kind of what I was imagining if him coming back. Just because at the end of Spectre, he was captured. And so I assume they weren't going to have him break out of prison off screen between films. And so if he was going to be in this film, I just assumed he was going to be under someone's, you know, uh, jurisdiction. And that maybe Bond and Madeline go and visit him or something. And... We've sort of heard like little bits and pieces about like they announced that they did some shooting in Norway last month. And one of the scenes they supposedly shot was a scene of a little girl running across the ice and it kind of resembled a scene that Leia Sadu's character told Inspector about her, like, her backstory. And so now people are sort of thinking that maybe that could tie into Rami Malek and Blofeld and all this sort of thing. And so from what you're saying, it kind of sounds like maybe people's speculation may be on the right track when it comes to them. And Blofeld is like the missing piece, I guess, that people haven't really realized is a part of the yeah. film yet. Uh, I mean, it, you know, obviously the logline itself says that he's in retirement, essentially, and an old friend brings him back, which is kind of interesting because it's sort of like the kind of the gunslinger kind of thing, you know? Yeah. You know, coming back for one more thing and brought back in. I don't know exactly what it is that Jeffrey Wright's character is sucking him back out of or, or sucking him back into. But, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I don't think it's changed enough that, like, you know, like, again, I was not worried, but you just got to be careful, right, when you're, you know, especially reporting these things. And I don't know if you get into the details of my tweet, but literally it's like I'd been told this for months. I just kept an eye on it, kept checking back in, mm-hmm. you know, what's the situation i wanted to make sure like nothing and then i was going to report it before the announcement came in yeah and then i literally i was like oh shit like all of a sudden i realized fuck the announcement's tomorrow <laughs> like which in may in many ways maybe turned out to be okay because he wasn't part of the announcement and again i can see why you know it sounds like they're they're, they're trying to keep that a little bit secret and, I, and so in that sense maybe i feel a little bit bad about that but again it's sort of the occupational hazard yeah, no, absolutely. Um, do you know when was the last time you got like sort of an update on this so we can sort of see if it was before or after Burns's rewrite? Well, I've been checking like 
periodically. Yeah. Um, but basically, the last time I, I checked in was was very recently when Phoebe Waller Bridge was brought on to to write, and Phoebe Waller Bridge is the is the comedian behind uh, Fleabag and uh-huh. Eve and. If you don't know those shows, or if your listeners don't, they're f- like phenomenal. Oh yeah, um, they're terrific shows. And I do have actually a little bit of details there, somewhat. Oh yeah. Um, I thought it was a little bit strange that she got a credit. I was I was told that one of the things that she was doing was sort of like even in the report, um, the original Guardian report, it sounded like she was doing like a punch up, like a polish. They were um, saying. Yeah, and one of the things that I had heard was that she did a polish specifically on the female characters throughout because they didn't feel like the female writing was very strong and they wanted to make it better. Um, and so they got her in there to work specifically on the female dialogue and to specifically to just help out those characters a little bit on the polish. And that money penny in some earlier drafts was practically non-existent and had very little to no role. I don't think they had really figured out what to do with her as a character, where she fit into this whole thing. So I think that's one of the reasons that, I mean, by the sounds of that original article, it sounds like Daniel's a big admirer of hers, which is not hard to believe because she's just amazingly talented. Um, But I think it was probably a twofold thing where he thought she's amazing. And also everybody had sort of recognized that the females in the script needed some work. And so who better to call than a smart woman who's already doing a, uh, you know, a, essentially a spy show, right? Like a, a yeah. really layered human, funny, dark spy show. So, yeah, who knows? We'll see what she brings to it. Um, but yeah, it was interesting that, like, I think like six people are credited to the screenplay actually right now. Yeah. That, oh, yep. That's interesting. That's not WGA rules, though. Right now, I think ultimately in the press release, they credit uh, Purvis and Wade as the first writers. Mm hmm. Then Scott C. Burns, then Phoebe Waller-Bridge. They also mentioned Fukunaga as a writer. Yeah, was there somebody else? No, it was just it was just them. Yeah, so that's five. Is that five people? Uh, yeah, unless you count Purvis and Wade as, as a, a single person, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, no. So that's that that's five in total, I guess. Uh, um, which is quite a bit, you know. But I but you know that's also I suppose not that strange for these kinds of movies. Yeah, um, and I wouldn't be surprised if Purvis and Wade ended up with a story by and that's it. Well, we'll see. We'll see. But I would be, you know, WJ rules are very different. So right now five people are credited because probably five people worked on it. Mm-hmm. But uh, WJ rules are different. And I I do not think five people will be credited. I think ultimately it'll be three people. It'll be Purvis and Wade and probably one other. And I would assume that's going to be Scott C. Burns. But who knows? We'll see. Yeah, interesting. You know, the other thing I'd heard is that they're not playing coy with the title right now, is that they just actually don't have one. Yeah, I just assumed that was the case. I mean, it's not the first time they've had to start without a title. They didn't know Quantum of Solace's name when they started filming that. They didn't know Die Another Day's name when they started filming that. Um, I guess when it's not really based off of a Fleming work, or, or you know, like Skyfall had a really prolonged pre-production they don't always know these. Um, it doesn't really seem like a big deal to me. They'll think of something that sounds yeah, Bondian. Yeah, really, it's like a super big deal to me either. I feel like sometimes it's like, you know, it's a Bond movie and then you sort of like, you sort of just like listen to afterwards, like tell tell you what is this movie? You know what I mean? It's like something like when you're making a piece of art, like I don't know what it is, I'm just making it. Yeah, exactly. And then, and then you're like, oh, well this is, you know, what it's going to, it will tell me what it wants to be called. 
Yeah, know? precisely. I mean, some people will say we're being overly generous, but I mean, I, I just don't see how knowing the name of the film is going to make the production any better or worse. So, yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, thank you so much for sort of uh, filling me in on all of this interesting information. It's really kind of cool to see where the film might be heading. It's crazy to think that like within a 24-hour span, I went from knowing absolutely nothing about this film to knowing a, a decent amount. So it's, uh, yeah, it's kind of crazy. But uh, yeah, thank you. It's just funny, like, did they announce the actual production? Because, you know, they said they were going to be shooting in April. And, like, you know, I was sort of saying before, like, I don't know, I hope so, you know. And it's, like, they're right down to the end of the wire because it's basically April now. Like, you know, it's almost May. and like. Yeah, no, I think they're, they're filming on Sunday. They start filming on Sunday. Uh, they, well, they, they, did, they did shoot some second unit stuff in, like, March. Yeah, they've been shooting but... some, some second unit throughout, but, the, like, production hadn't started. And, they, and not, yeah. none of that principal cast yeah yeah no exactly um although i think i think they said remy malik was in norway just because of like the ice was melting or something and so they needed him to be there while there was still ice <laughs> but yeah no i mean thanks for coming on i guess <laughs> yeah yeah of course and uh where, where can where can people sort of find you on social media and whatnot uh you can find me uh the playlist.net is my website um i'm the editor-in-chief there you can find us on twitter on uh, the, at the playlist uh, at the playlist on Facebook, uh, playlist nation on Instagram. And you can find me, uh, your only hope. Um, but the, your is spelled Y R. Uh, so it's your, all right. Excellent. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, of course. And that about wraps it up for episode 23 of the words are not enough. If you've liked anything I had to say personally, and you want to follow me on social media, you can follow me at Brody Cerevelli. Don't worry. The spelling will be in the description. Uh, if you want to follow the show, you can follow us at Twain pod T W A N E pod. Uh, that's where we keep track of what's going on in bond world. What's going on with the show and just sort of chatting about bond. So if you want to talk with us about James Bond, please give us a follow. It's very much appreciated. Uh, you can also follow this show on iTunes, on Spotify. It gives us a ton of help, uh, really helps get the show noticed. You can also subscribe to Griffin's YouTube channel, Men vs. Movies, where we post a video version of every podcast, and you can just sort of see what his thoughts are on most movies. So, once again, thank you for joining us, and once again, thank you to Rodrigo Perez from The Playlist. You should go check them out as well, because they're always dropping really interesting movie scoops, and they're a really reliable source, I've come to find. So, yeah, thanks again, and take care. Now's the time to find your color, your paint, and everything to get started during red, white, and blue savings at the Home Depot. Transforming your room is easier than ever. With the best deals online and in-store, you can confidently select your color and the tools for your next paint project. Get a colorful new experience and the right paint for the right price. Save $10 on one gallon and $40 off three and five gallons for a limited time only at the Home Depot. More saving, more doing. Limit 25 gallons per household. See store for details. You'll do it right to celebrate July 4th by throwing a backyard barbecue. Lowe's does it right, too, with July 4th savings to help get you started. Treat yourself to a new grill and save $50 on a Charbroil Performance 5-Burner Grill, now just $279. And spruce up your landscape before guests arrive and save in-store only with five bags of premium mulch for just $10. Whatever you need to get ready for the holiday, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 710 while supplies last U.S. only. Mulch offer excludes Alaska and Hawaii.